Good morning, everybody. We are uh, doing Sukkadaf Mem Tesfrem Mem Chesamad Beis. We are right before the lines start getting wide, and we're coming off a Mishnah that introduces us to the idea of Nisach Hamayim. There's a mitzvah in the Torah uh, that on Sukkot, on the seven day Sukkot, so we take water, uh, we draw the water from the um, uh, from uh, from a special a special uh, wellspring that is located near the bottom of Yerushalayim. The uh, the shiloach and we go uh, and we and, and we pour the water onto the mizbeach. Uh, so this idea of the um, of the nisach hamayim is a special mitzvah that is specifically and exclusively uh, by Sukkot, and we don't find it by any of the other days of the year. Uh, as we pointed out yesterday, the connection between water and Sukkot is obvious. Uh, the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah tells us that uh, four times a year the world is judged, and the world is judged on Sukkot, on water, on mayim. So obviously there is a deep connection between water and sukkahs, and so therefore it's part of the tefillah and it's part of the supplication to Kodesh Baruch Hu, so we pour water onto the Mizbeach. Uh, the uh, Mishnah uh, went through with us just some of the basics in terms of the mitzvah of Nisach HaMayim, as we already pointed out a number of times. This mitzvah of Nisach HaMayim is not mentioned in the Torah. This is Halach L'Moshim Sinai, and so we are learning the Torah Shabbat Peh, and the Torah Shabbat Peh now is teaching us uh, some of the details regarding this mitzvah. Uh, so yesterday in the Mishnah, we talked about where we drew the water from, and uh, we blew Shofar. The Gemara made a quick reference to that. It's a, it is a time of Simcha, Ushaftamayim B'Sasson. So Shofar accompanies the uh, the Nisuch, and on top of that also, where is it going to be poured? It's going to be poured on the southwest corner of the Mizbech, meaning once you ascend the ramp up to the top of the Mizbech, and now you go to the southwest corner, you're going to find over there two bowls. One bowl is is located just uh, to the uh, just to the west of the other bowl, meaning the bowls are configured east-west. So the bowl that is most westbound, meaning all the way in the corner, so that's where the water is going to be poured. Uh, the bowl just east of that, that's going to be where the wine is poured. Uh, so that is what we described yesterday in the Mishnah. So we are now in the Gemara. We're starting. Allah uh, B'Kefesh is a little smaller. We're starting with the Gemara. It is two lines before the lines get wide. On Memches and Beis. And uh, we are continuing our discussion from yesterday. Uh, what the Kohen would do with the water is that he would ascend the ramp and he would make a left-hand turn. Now, this is unusual. Tan Rabban and the Gemara picks up on that right away. So any time that you go up onto the Mizbech, typically speaking, it's going to be a right-hand turn. And basically, if you want to imagine as you're going around the Mizbech, so the circle is going to be generally counterclockwise. So you're going to go up, you're going to make a right-hand turn. Now, obviously, from that point forward, it's, go, it's going to be a series of left-hand turns. Uh, but nevertheless, the, uh, the pattern, the encircling is going to be counterclockwise. Meanwhile, there are going to be three times where unusual, but you're going to be making a left-hand turn. Where you're going to be making a left-hand turn. Uh, you're going to go immediately to the southwest corner, and then what you're going to do is that you're going to reverse your steps in your, and, and, and you're going to uh, back up the way you came in. Okay. So, uh, and they are Ve'elohein. So one is Nisach Hamayim, the second one is Nisach Hayayin, and, and, and the third time is going to be where, uh, generally speaking, the Olas is not done on the west side. Generally speaking, it's done on the east side. However, if there's just too much traffic on the, on the east side of the Mizbech, so then you're going to go and do the Ola Sa'of on the west side of the Mizbech, which means that you're going to be making a left-hand turn. 
Now, uh, why over here? Well, let's uh, let's ask and, and, and just uh, answer two basic questions. Why do we normally make a right hand turn, and why over here uh, does, does this uh, buck the rule? So, in terms of why we normally make a uh, right hand turn, so it's a drasha. Uh, Rashi quotes the based on a pasuk in Yechaskel, but it's a drasha that generally speaking, so uh, when given the option of making a turn, so you're going to make a right hand turn. So that becomes the rule, and uh, Rashi says it's based on psukim. In terms of the left hand turn over here, so Rashi says it's necessary because. If you go up onto the Mizbech with the wine or with the water or for that matter, for a bird, for, the, for that matter. So what's going to happen is, is that you're going around the Mizbech. The Mizbech obviously has billowing smoke coming off of it. There's constantly activity going up onto the Mizbech. And what happens is, is that if the wine gets smoky, if the water gets smoky or if the bird inhales too much smoke, so it's going to adversely affect the wine, the water and the bird. Uh, so therefore, in order to avoid all the smoke uh, intake, so that's why you're going to take the shortest path. The shortest path, obviously, once you go up the ramp, is going to need to make a left-hand turn and go to the southwest corner. Okay, so that, that explains Rashi's why these are going to be the unusual, the anomalous occasions in which you're going to be making not a right-hand turn, but a left-hand turn. So, Now, if you recall, we had a discussion, debate in the Mishnah in terms of what was the construction of the bulls. One position is that the bulls were made of silver. A second opinion is that they were made out of, uh, they were, they, they were made out of Sid, some sort of limestone. Uh, and they basically had kind of like a silverish complexion to it because wine was poured down, down it. So the Gemara now asked the obvious question. Why was poured down out of one of the bulls? Not two of the bulls. Uh, the other bull had water. So I understand how, uh, the wine, the pouring of the wine is going to be changing the complexion of one of the bowls. But the other bowl, where you're only pouring water down the other bowl, how is its complexion going to change? So, uh, so the Gemara gives an answer. So the Gemara says, well, look, we learned in the Mishnah that the bowls get mixed up. So, you're going to be Yotze. So that means to say that the Kohanim were not too particular about which bowls it went down, and sometimes you poured wine uh, into the water bowl, and that's how it got its changed uh, complexion. Okay. Uh, so uh, the Gemara now wants to know, the second half of the Mishnah seemingly is going like the Shita of the Chachamim, and not the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Now remember, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there were two points of contention in which he argued with the Tanakama. Tanakama says that the Nisa Chamaim is done with three Logan of water. And Rabbi Yehuda says it's not three, but rather it's one. The Tanakama says that it's done for the seven days of Sukkot, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not seven, but rather it's eight. The Gemara now points out that the language of the Mishnah is seemingly going like the Shita of the Chachamim, not, uh, uh, I'm sorry, is seemingly going like the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, not the Shita of the Chachamim. Now, uh, which language are we talking about? So if you look at the very top line of our, of, of our daf, it says, Kemin Shnei Chotmim Dakin. Uh, the, um, the funneling coming out of the bowls were like two nostrils. Um, now, one is a thicker uh, funnel and the other one is a thinner funnel. So the Gemara now is suge- suggesting, assuming, that that language of the Mishnah is going like the Shita Rav Yehuda. Even though the Mishnah has not yet introduced us to the, to the Shita Rav Yehuda, but presumably that line of the Mishnah, that phrase of the Mishnah is going like Rav Yehuda. Why is the Gemara assuming that? The Gemara here spells it out. Because according to the Chachamim, so how much wine goes down uh, the Nisar uh, Chayayim? Three Lugin. How much water is going down the Nisar for the Nisar Chamayim? Three Lugin. 
meaning according to the Chachamim, it is equal volumes of wine and water. So if the, uh, if the goal over here is to have you pouring the wine and water in the bowls at the same time, and then concluding at the same time, so the Gemara therefore is assuming uh, that if you were the sheet of the Chachamim, the funnels don't have to be of different gauges. They don't have to be of different thicknesses. It would be just fine because you're starting with the same volume. On the other hand, according to the Shita of Rabbi Huda, where the volume of the water is one log, the volume of the wine is three logan. So therefore, the Gemara assumes that that's why the uh, the width of the funnels are going to be different, so that there is going to be a much wider funnel for the uh, for the wine, so that the wine will conc- the wine and water will conclude at the same time. That's what the Gemara is suggesting. The Gemara says now, Afilatem Rabbanan Chamer Samech My Kolish. So the Gemara says very simply, no. It could very well be that, we're, that we are going with the sheet of the Chachamim. The volume of water and wine are the same volume. And the reason why there are different widths in terms of the, uh, the funnel where the wine and the water are coming out of is just simply because of the viscosity. The wine is thicker. The, the water obviously is of a, uh, of a thinner nature. And so therefore they pour out at different rates. So in order to account for that, even though the volume is, is the same, but because the wine is thicker and it just simply takes longer for it to come out, so therefore, therefore the, uh, the spout for the, uh, for the wine is going to be a thicker spout so that it goes out faster. So they will conclude at the same time. And the Gemara says, and I'll tell you what, that's really the easiest way to read the Mishnah. Because if you're going like Shita Rabbi Yehuda, we wouldn't be using the language of Mu'uva and Dak. Mu'uva and Dak just simply means that there's subtle differences in terms of the width of the spouts. Uh, if you were really going like Rav Yehuda, you would need a significant difference between them because according to Rav Yehuda, three lugan of wine, one log of water, so the language of the mission would be something more like Rachav Vikatsar. That would really give us the indication that there is a vast difference in terms of the size opening of the spouts between the water and the wine. The Tanya will learn in the Rav Yehuda, Amr Shnei Shvaot HaYusham, Echa Shabayim Echa Shalyayim, Shalyayim Pia Rachav Vishalmayim Pia Katsar. And the Gemara over here cites the Brisa, and the Brisa tells us that according to Rav Yehuda, the difference between the two spouts, he uses the language of Rachav and Katsar. So they both will conclude at the same time. So So you really do see that our Mishnah, if it were following the Sheet of Rav Yehuda, would you be using the words Rachav Katsar? Instead it uses Mu'uva and Dak. So the Gemara says, yeah, I really think that our Mishnah at that point in time is going like the Sheet of the Chachamim, and not necessarily Rav Yehuda. Ma'arva Shamayim, Tanur Rabban the Gemara, uh, tells a story, a story that we already heard back in the Mishnah, uh, but we're going to get a little bit more details in this b'risa uh, as we are on the very bottom of Mimches Amud Beis. Tanur Rabban HaMaisa B'Tzdukiyecha, there was an incident with the Tzdukish and Isaac HaGabe Raglav, where instead of pouring the water into the bowl, he poured it right onto his feet. We already explained yesterday. Uh, Tzedukim were rejectors of Tarsh Therefore, they did not believe that there was a mitzvah of Nisar Chamayim. Additionally, you had Kohanim who were Tzedukim. Additionally, in this particular case, you had a Kohen who was actually operating, the, uh, uh, who was a Tzeduki and was operating and doing the Avodah. And because of his rejection, Nisar Chamayim, so he poured the water onto his feet. And now when the nation saw that, or Gamu Kalaam, Be'esro Gehem. So everyone would be pelting stones at him. And uh, the, now, I'm sorry, I said stones, and in a moment you'll see why I said stones. Uh, they, they, that's not what the Gemara says. Uh, the Bryce says that they threw a srogim. Okay, you, you'll see in a moment why I said stones. And on that day, one of the corners of the Mizbech, so uh, it, got, it, it got hit really hard, and it chipped, 
Uh, and uh, we know that the Mizbech at that point in time is out of service. Uh, the, uh, it's, uh, the Mizbech becomes puzzle. Once there is a chip into the Mizbech, the Gemara Nechulim tells us that even just a nick that catches a fingernail in the Mizbech is going to already puzzle the Mizbech. Here we're talking about where there was a good dent that was made into the Mizbech. And what they did is they took a little bit of salt and for a temporary fix, they patched it up with some salt. It doesn't really make the, uh, the Mizbech acceptable. The salt is not construction material. And it really does not uh, allow the uh, the usage of the Mizbech. It's just, it, it was optics. They just didn't want the Mizbech to look like it was, uh, it was dent, it was nicked. And so therefore, as a temporary fix, just for the, uh, for the upkeep of appearances of the Mizbech, so they patched it up with a little bit, a little bit of salt. Uh, as we are now on the top of Memtes Amud Aleph, any mizbech that does not have not a ramp below, uh, below Karen and not the corners of the mizbech, uh, below Yisod and not the foundation of the mizbech, the base of the mizbech, below Rivua and is not squared. So Pasol Avoda, it is in fact going to be disqualified to do the Avoda. And Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, it needs that second ledge. And that second ledge also is li'ikuva, becomes essential part and definition of the mizbech. And without that second ledge, so then the uh, mizbech is going to be puzzle. Okay, a couple points to make over here before we go on in the Gemara number one. So if you uh, listen carefully, so I misspoke and I said that they threw stones and not esrogim. Meanwhile, the Brisa clearly says they threw esrogim. So why, how, how, how did that come into my head? So because of Rashi, really interesting Rashi over here, look at Rashi on the very bottom of Memchesem and Beis, Rashi writes, So Rashi says that they threw stones. Now, that's a little bit, that's a strange Rashi, meaning the Gemara says they threw a srogim, and meanwhile Rashi says they threw stones. But, as a simple shot within Rashi, so it could, you could simply say they threw both. Now, why, why did Rashi add stones over here? It's, I, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, because, uh, with, uh, once impact was made with the Mizbech, so we just learned the Brisa that the, uh, that there was a chip taken off the Mizbech because of the impact. Now, if we're talking about a srogim, it's really hard to imagine that if it's a fruit against a stone Mizbech, so it's really hard to imagine that that fruit's gonna do any kind of real damage. Uh, so I imagine that's why Rashi over here says stones, and, and we can just assume that they threw both fruit and stones at this coin, Saduki, who was, Blatantly rejecting the Torah Shabbat Peh, our, our, our Mesorah. Okay. So that, uh, that, that is how I got to the stones. In terms of what is the essential components of the Mizbeach, so Rashi over here, I'm not going to go through the Rashi, but I'm, c- certainly I encourage you, uh, to look at it. Uh, but Rashi over here goes through that any time that you have a definition of the Mizbeach and it uses the word, um, and, and it uses the word Mizbeach, so, uh, so that is Li'ikuva. And so that means that the word mizbech is used in the context of the kevesh and the yesod and the and the squareness of the mizbech. And so therefore, these become now critical components of the mizbech, where the mizbech is lacking any one of these qualities. So therefore, the mizbech is going to is is, go, is going to be possible. Uh Additionally, in terms of the shita rav yosef rav yehuda and the brisa that we just went through, who says af hasovev. So Rashi points out over here that according to Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda, he's of the position that when the Torah describes the words Kharkov, which the Torah uses at, in terms of describing an essential part of the Mizbech, so Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda is of the opinion that the Kharkov is the Sovev, that's that second ledge that exists above. I remember just the other day we described the uh, the very, uh, the, the, the basic makeup of the Mizbech. It starts with the Yisoda Foundation 32 by 32. 
On top of that, another block, which is, goes one ama up and one ama in. Another ama up from there, it's going to go thirty. it's going to be a block of 30 by 30, which goes five amos high. And then it's going to go in an ama. And then on top of that, you put another block, which is going to be three amas high. So it's basically three blocks, one on top of the other. And each one of them is one ama smaller than the block uh, immediately below. Obviously, the Mizbech had a sovev, but the debate over here in the price is whether or not that becomes an essential part of the Mizbech. Meaning, if in the event that the Mizbech did not have the sovev, so according to the Tanakam, the Mizbech would still be kasher. And according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Huda, it is a basic prerequisite in order for the Mizbech to be kasher Mizbech. And Rashi explains that according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Huda, it's predicated on the fact that he believes that the Karkov of the Torah is actually descri- describing the sovev. Well, if that's true, what, what, what does the Tanakam say? So Rashi says that according to the Tanakhama, uh, the Karkov is not a reference to the, to, to the Mizbech, but rather it's a, it's a reference to the Kior. And all, uh, all this Rashi is based on the Gemara in Zvachim in, uh, the Perak of Kache Kadashim. Okay, good. All right. We are continuing in the Gemara. We are on Memtesim and Aleph. And now we're going to speak a little bit more about Shisim. Now I described this yesterday, but just quickly, if I can, if, if I can go back and describe it one more time. Um, the, in the southwest corner on the top of the Mizbech, so you had two bowls. Uh, those bowls had spouts, and that spout now went into a cavity. There was actually a hole in the southwest corner where the spouts of both of the bowls emptied out into the cavity. The cavity is described as a shisin. Now, how far down does this cavity go? Stay tuned. That's what we're going to be discussing in just a moment. Now, from Rashi's description over here, even though the word shisin is used in the plural, but Rashi in yesterday's daf, you go back and, and, and look at Rashi, Rashi from yesterday's daf, so Rashi is clearly of the position that it's one hole in which the two bowls, which empty into two spouts, which empty into the one hole that exists on the top. Good if you, have a, if, if you happen to have a picture, at least according to Rashi's viewpoint, so that's what you'll see. Okay, uh, not everyone's in agreement with Rashi, but nevertheless, that was Rashi's description over there. So we are now going to be spending a lot of time in, in today's daf, we're in Mem Tessim and Aleph, and we're going to be describing this shisim. What, 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 what is this cavity? Uh, who constructed the cavity? And, and how far down does it go? Okay, the Gemara, the Gemara starts off. Amar Rabba Barbachanam Rabbi Yochanan Shisin. So this cavity that, that goes under the Mizbech, Mishashim Abrashis, no, Nivro. So already from the time of creation, it was there. Shenamar, Chamukei Yerachayach, Kamol Chalaim, Maasei Yidei Aman. So this uh, pasuk over here in Shir Hashirim, in the seventh paragraph of Shir Hashirim, is describing how there is something which is mechulal. There's a, there's a hollowness that was left over there, and the uh, obviously this is not the pasuk shot in the in, in the pasuk in Shir Hashirim, but as we know, we, we've gone over this numerous times in Shir Hashirim. There is no pasuk shot. Meaning, Shir Hashirim is not to be understood literally. It is all an analogy. And when the Pasuk is describing so that the, uh, the beauty of the thighs are, uh, are, 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 are hollow, uh, are, are hollow portion. So it's a description of the Shisim. So, uh, and, and the So that is the Chamukeh is a reference to the, uh, to the, uh, to the hollow, uh, cavity that goes down. And Kamok Chalayim Mechulalim. And it's hollow. Yordim Atahom. And it goes down all the way to the depth. And in other words, how far down does it go? Indeterminate. It just simply goes down. de Aman. So de This is part of the craftsmanship of a Baruch Hu as he built the world. So as part of the Briya Saolam. So you had this hollow, uh, this hollow section. So according to the first opinion, 
uh, parenthetically, there's going to be four positions that we're going to see all together. So according to the first opinion, uh, the shisim just simply empty into a cavity that existed uh, since creation. And how far down does it go? An indeterminate, an indefinite amount that it that it descends into the ground. Tan de Rabbi Shmuel, the Gemara quotes a brisa of Rabbi Shmuel. So bracious, if we take the first word of the Torah, so al tikrei bracious ella barashis. So uh, here's here, here's a way to break up the word, and that is take the word bracious and break it up into two words: barashis, Akash Baruch who created shis. Uh, we are now understanding the word shis as a as a um, as a subcategory of the shisin, uh, meaning that Akash Baruch Hu created the shisin. Now, uh, another way, in other words, you could have broken up the word and you could have just simply said Barashis, Akash Baruch Hu created the world for six, meaning uh, for 6,000 years, right? The Gemara Navodazar tells us that the plan is that the world is going to exist for 6,000 years. Okay, uh, we're, we're, we're approaching the end. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer over here, uh, just it's part of our tradition. Uh, that the world is supposed to exist for six thousand years. Okay, so that 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 could have been the simplest way to understand the um, the break of the pasuk. But our gemara, in our context, understands that Barash Shitzakarsh Baruch who created the shisin. He created the hollow cavity that exists under the mizbech. Tanya will the brayser Rabbi Yosi Amar shisin mechul alin v'yardim ad tahom. So according to Rabbi Yosi, the shisin are hollow and they go down uh, to the tom to the it's, it's an indefinite amount. Shenemar, and here we're quoting Psukim from the fifth parak of Yeshayahu, Ashiran Ali Didi. So Shiras Dodila Karmo. So the uh, the Gemara now is going to be taking the Psukim in Yeshayahu, and again the same thing, not understand a Kipshuta, but understand it from a Midrashic standpoint. So Akash Baruch Hu, uh made a uh, made made a song for his beloved, and the song that he sang to his beloved is Lik Karmo. It's for his vineyard. So, uh, the Pesach goes on to, de- uh, to describe uh, this song. It was for the Karen. Sorry, skip, skip the word. So, uh, in, in the song, so the analogy over here is as follows. Uh, the Jewish people are considered the vineyard. Removing the stones. So, that is the creation of the city. Um, I'm sorry. Vayaskeus, he strengthened it. Vayisalakeu, Vayisiklehu, and they removed the stones, meaning and built the building. Vayitayu Shorek, and planted vines. Vayiven Megdabasocho, built a building inside of it. Vigam Yakev, so Chatzavbal, so built a building and also made a, a, a vat for wine. So, and the Gemara now goes through. Vayitayu Shorek, Zebes Mikdash. So in terms of the vineyard, the vineyard is a reference to the base of Mikdash. Vayiven Megdabasocho, and the building of the building, Zemizbeach, that's a reference to the Mizbeach. And Vigam Yekev Chatsev and the vat of wine, Eloashisin. So these are the, uh, these are the, uh, the hollow area in which the wine is going, gonna go in for, uh, for the Nisar Chamayim. Okay. So we have over here now, uh, at, l- so far three positions in terms of the sources of the Shisim. Now certainly according to opinion number one, number two, it is clear, it is a no-brainer, uh, that the, uh, that the Shisim was, were created by Karsh Baruch Hu. Right, this hollow cavity that that descends and extends uh, to the depths of and 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 to an indefinite, indeterminate amount. So that the uh, certainly the first two opinions is that it's part and parcel of mycebraceous. Uh The third opinion uh, over here, uh, not uh, not perfectly clear if it is um, 
if this is done uh, by by Karsh Baruch Hu, or maybe we're the ones who built it. Not not, not totally clear, but uh, nevertheless, certainly uh, the, there is a, a third drasha coming from the Pesukim in Yeshayo. Uh, Tanya, we're on the very bottom. And then Tesamad Aleph, Gemara quotes the Brisa. I'm Rabbi Lazar Brav Sadekul Katan. Haya Bein Kevish Lamizbech. So uh, there was basically a little opening, right? Literally, a lul is a is a chicken coop, but not not over here. Uh, over here, the lul in, that we're describing right now is um, um, is uh, some sort of uh, opening uh, space that exists between uh, the ramp and the mizbech. Now it exists on the west side of the ramp. Remember the, the the ramp is coming up from the south side, so the lengthy ramp that it helps uh, that assos, uh, that facilitates ascending to the top of the mizbeach. So basically, now if I were to go to the top of the ramp as we're right as we are going to pass over the threshold from the ramp up to the mizbeach, so on the west side of the ramp, meaning the part of the ramp that's closer to the actual base of mikdash, so there is a space. This spacing over here, aches l'shivim shana, pirchei kona yardim l'shan. So once every seventy years, so young kohanim would go down into this area. So the spacing over here obviously is a significant spacing. If you can fit small people into that area, um malaktim yisham yain karush shedomali gulei dvela, and what they're collecting over there is wine, wine that's been poured in over the years has entered into the space congealed in that area. So basically as you're pulling out, what you're pulling out is congealed wine. It looks like, it looks like the cake of figs. Uh, and then what happens is, is that they're burnt in the Azara. Uh, and, and in terms of this requirement of burning in the Azara, uh, so the Pasuk in Parshas Pinchas describes how it is the Nes and the Sachem are Nesach Shechar Lashem. It's intoxicating to a Kosh Baruch Hu. We're now on the top of the Amid base. So just like the Nisach is done, meaning in the Azara, so so to the burning of it also has to be done in the Azara as well. So eventually when the Nisachim are going to be burnt, remember, even though they go up onto the Mizbech, they're not burnt on the Mizbech. They're poured into the bowl. And according to this version, so uh, they are. they don't go down into the depths, into the tome, but according to this version, they're just simply collected in this spaced area between the ramp and the um, and, and the mizbeach. And then once in a while, and we just described once in a while means every 70 years, so uh, young Kohanim are going to go down there, take it out. At that point in time, it's congealed into a solid and burn it in the azar. Now my mashma, so the Gemara says, now from the psukim themselves, how do we arrive at the conclusion that it needs to be burnt in the azar? I'm Ravina Asya. Kodesh, Kodesh. We'll learn it through Xerah Shava. Ksiv Hachet says here in Pinchas, Bakosh Hasech Nesech, Uksiv Hasem, and it says back in Parshas Tetzaveh, Visaraftas Anosar Ba'ish Lo Yechel Ki Kodeshu, the Torah when describing Nosar, anything left over beyond its prescribed time, so it has to be burnt. And the Torah says it's going to be burnt uh, in the Azara. So, based on this Xerah Shava, we know that Nosar has to be burned in the Azara. And from there, you, based on the Xerah Shava of Kodesh Kodesh, so we also know that the wine has to be burnt in the Azara as well. Okay. The, um, um, so, uh, basically what comes out from this entire discussion is uh, that we have a very basic machlokus in terms of when the wine is poured into the Shisin, so how far down would it go? 
So the first, certainly the first two positions, you could argue even the third position as well, but that's debatable. But certainly the first two positions is that the Shisim are not man-made, uh, but rather built into the fabric of creation. And so therefore it descends and uh, in ind- indefinite amount. So that means that any wine that you pour down the Shisim is simply not recoverable. Uh, according to the first two positions, there's not going to be a burning of the wine uh, because the wine is simply never going to be collected. It can't be collected. It just simply drops and descends down to the Tahom. Certainly, according to the most recent position that we just saw in the Gemara, that's not the case. Uh, but rather, the Shisim are uh, a hollow area that is presumably man-made. And not only that, but it, um, it, 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 uh, it collects. And where does it collect? So it actually collects in between the space between the ramp and the actual Mizbech. And so to that, obviously... So uh, the uh, the shisim are in fact man made. So Kaman Azlahad did not. So the Gemara over here quotes the following: Who is now subscribing? Who's following to the? Who subscribes to the following Mishnah? And that is Nesachim Betchilam Olam Behen. So when it comes to Nesachim, prior to you doing the Nisuch, the pouring of the wine, so it is in fact subject to Meilah, meaning that if you misappropriate it, you're going to be violating the Isra of Meilah, where you're going to have to pay back the principal and add a chomish and bring a carbon of an Asha Meilah. However, once yard l'shisim, or once it goes down into the shisim, ain't mo'alemem. It's not subject to me'ila. So lema reb lazer reb tzadoki. So it seemingly, presumably, is going like the sheet of reb lazer reb tzadok, meaning that most recent position that we just saw in the Gemara. The rabbanan ha 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 because according to the chacham, where does it go? It goes. It drops all the way down to the tahom. So the Gemara says no. Afilatim rabbanan. No, you don't have to say that. But rather, it could even be going like the sheet of the chachamim. And bid and we're talking about a case where, uh, for whatever reason, it was stopped from going all the way down, uh, all the way down to the depths. In other words, some sort of receptacle was put down over there in order to collect it. Uh, is that proper? Should should that have been done? According to the first opinion, unclear. But the but but the but we could understand that if in the event that the wine is collected, so it would be subject to the meila. Igadami now in a, in, in, in a second version of this discussion, the Gemara goes on to suggest, Lema Rabban, Hivala Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok, Di Rabbi Lazar, Akati Bikdushasar Kaimo. Now, this idea that the wine after Nisuch is subject to Me'ilah, so now the Gemara in the second version is going in the other direction, meaning this seems to be more in line with the sheet of the Chachamim and not Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok. Why? Because according to the Chachamim, so once you pour it down, so that's it, you're done. There's nothing else that you need to do. Now, generally speaking, it's not even recoverable. So it almost becomes an academic point. But the point is, is that according to the Chachamim, there's no more steps in the process. However, according to Rebbe Lazar, even after you do Nisuch, there still is another step that needs to be done. Notably, uh, the next step that needs to be done is that you have to, um, uh, you have to burn it. And so what the Gemara now is entertaining is, is that since there's another step that needs to be done, so it can't be that we're finished with Me'ila, meaning be, there, there's another step in the Avoda, and therefore it's still subject to Me'ila. That's what the Gemara is suggesting right now. So the Gemara says, no, I feel the Rebbe Lazar. No, it, it could even be going like the Shita Rebbe Lazar. And that is because, because what's the Iker Mitzvah? The Iker Mitzvah is the Nisach. Yes, it's true, according to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Sadiq, you need to burn it afterwards. That part is true. But nevertheless, in terms of the Iker Mitzvah, the Iker Mitzvah is Nisuch. And we know we have the general rule, by Me'ilah, 
Okay, I, I wouldn't put it up there as, as rule number one, but it's it's pretty much up there in terms of basic rules. And that is, is that once Nasa Mitzvah, once the Mitzvah is done, so no longer subject to Me'ila. On certain occasions, the Chachamim extended a Me'ila Medirabanan, but nevertheless, Min HaTorah, there's no longer Me'ila. Since the Iker Mitzvah of Nisach is the libation, so once the libation is done, so therefore, now it's no longer subject to Me'ila. Now, of course, according to Rabbi Lazar Rabbi there's another step you need to do. You need to collect it every now and then, and you need to burn it in the Azara, so that part's true, but it is no longer uh, subject to uh, subject to Me'ila, even according to Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadok. Uh, we are continuing in the Gemara. We're on Memtesim and Bays. And we are, uh, we're up to the words Amrish Lakish. It is four lines after the lines get, uh, after the lines get wide. Amrish Lakish Bizman, Shem Menaschen Yain Agabe, Mizbech Pokin Esashisen. So when Nisach Yain was done, so what they would do is that they would plug up the Shisim. Now, okay, let, let's just read and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to, we'll, we'll try to figure out the details in just a moment. Lekaim Ashenem of the Pasuk says, Bakosh Asech Nesach Shech Alashem. Again, uh, going back to the Pasuk and Parshas Pinchas describing that the Mizbech is consuming. So not only is the Mizbech consuming, but Nesach Shechar. It's like almost like an intoxicating consumption. Now we are, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit that we are, we are animating the Mizbech. Meaning that when the Mizbech is, uh, it, it, when, when, a, when a carbon goes on, uh, onto the Mizbech, so we say throughout Halacha that it's as if the Mizbech is consuming the carbon. And as we're pouring the wine down the mizbech, so we're saying that the the mizbech is is, is in, imbibing the uh, the drink. So it is a to a certain degree we're like animating the mizbech. And the gemara now wants to know. So so this idea of animation that we are now that we're, we're basically looking at as if the mizbech is drinking. So why is it necessary then to to so to say clog up the shisin? So the gemara goes on to explain. So my mashma. So I'm a papa shecher lashon shesia lashon sevia. Lashon shechras, because when the Torah gives an adjective describing how it's nasech shechar, so shechar means it's to be drunk. Shechar means it's to satiate. Shechar means it's to intoxicate. And so over here, uh, because of this idea that we're animating the mizbeach, so we want the, uh, we, we want the visualization to be like the mizbeach is being totally satiated by the drink. Meaning if we're pouring it down the, uh, down the, um, down the shisim and it just simply goes down, so we don't get that visualization, but once we clog it up a little bit, and once we see uh, that the uh, that the, the the wine is uh, sort of say it's collecting a little bit on top, so it, it, it provides it allows it allows for that for that kind of visualization. And just in general, what we can learn from over here from the, from from Reish Lakish's point is that how does one satiate from wine? So that is the Iker Svia. The main satiation comes uh, through the uh, mouth and 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 the and the throat. Meaning to say that, look, we want the we want the mizbech to look like it's drinking, okay? And and if it just went down, uh, that's not satiation. Ah, uh, so therefore we want to collect a little bit on top. That is a lushan of svia. So from there we can un- now now translate that to human consumption. Meaning that when you and I drink wine, so the real satiation comes not when it goes into our stomach. When it goes into our stomach. So that's just calories, which obviously is good, but the, uh, too much is not good, but, but it's just calories. But in terms of the enjoyment of the wine, the enjoyment comes of the wine, comes when it's in your mouth and it's, and, and when it's in the back of your throat. So when you have a tamachacham, um, the, um, so, um, who normally does not drink, 
uh, uh, who, who normally doesn't drink wine. So uh, and and the um, and 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 he doesn't have a lot to begin with. So uh, what should he do? Ligme gemuye. So what he should do is uh, the uh, that he should be drinking it in gulps, meaning that the real satiation comes from the wine that's found in your mouth and in your throat. And so therefore, don't don't sip it, uh, even though you don't have a lot. You're not going to enjoy it. The real enjoyment comes when your m- mouth is full with it. Rava uh, And Rava, when he would be drinking a kosher bracha, so what he would do is he would drink it in gulps. Um, and that way he could do it in, in, in a manner of sovea, in a manner that satiates, and what, 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 what the purpose of? Chivava mitzvah. Meaning that we're talking about the wine that he's saying Kiddush over and Havdalah over. And so therefore, in order to generate this chivava mitzvah, so he wants to drink the wine in a manner in which it really is going to be, um, it, 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 it's going to give him uh, a, the most pleasing sensation. So, he, so he's doing the mitzvah in a way that is beloved to him. Uh, Darsh Ravo. Uh, earlier, we quoted Psukim from Shir Hashirim in the seventh parak. So, this allows the Gemara a platform to springboard and to go into other Psukim in Shir Hashirim. Uh, Rav Adarshan's Mayachsev, the Pasuk says, Mayafu Pamayach bin Alim bin Alim Bas Nadiv. So, Mayafu Pamayachsev, so that is a reference to the feet and the feet of Shayisrab Shasholim Laregel. Feet of the Jewish people when they're doing the mitzvah of Aliyah Laregel, Bas Nadiv, and they uh, are the descendants of the uh, of the, uh, literally will translate as the volunteer, the volunteer over here, Bitoshal Avram Avinu. We are all the descendants of Avram Avinu, Shenekra Nadiv. Now he's described as the Nadiv. Shenemra Nadive Amim Nasafu Am Eloke Avraham. This Pasuk in Tehillim, we're going to be saying it in just a short couple of weeks from now. The, the 47th parak of Tehillim. So that is the parak that we repeat seven times prior to the, uh, prior to the Tekiah uh, Shofar. So, uh, the reference over here is that we are the Nidivei Ahamim, and we are Eloke Avraham, the nation of the God of Avraham. And the Diak over here is very simple. Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak V'Yakov, Eloke Avraham, so Tchilas Gerim. So he's the first volunteer. Volunteer over here, meaning like a Ger, meaning that what he did is volitionally, optionally, he he opted in to becoming an Ovid Hashem. He, 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 he became what you and I describe as a Jew, but in other words, but... He really committed himself to a monotheistic uh, uh, identity, a, mono, a, a monotheistic uh, frame of mind, and he's described as the Nadiv. So over here, the Pasuk and Shir Hashim, when, when we're Ola Larego, and over here, I imagine, the, 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 the imagery is very simple, meaning when we're doing Ali Larego, so we, we also are, are, we're also uplifting, we're, 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 we're rising up. And at that point in time, we remind ourselves of Avram Avinu, who on his own, volitionally, he chose, he opted into this. Tandebe Rav Anan, the Gemara now quotes uh, the following medrash from Rav Anan, Maidechsev. Chamukei Yerechayach. So again, the Pasuk is describing literally uh, the parts of a woman, but obviously to be understood, Biderech HaMashal. Lama Nimshlu Divrei Torah Keyarech. So the, uh, the, the Pasuk in Shir Hashim is to be understood, Biderech HaMashal as the thighs of a woman. Now, that's a strange analogy. But the Gemara goes on to explain. So just like the thigh of a woman is always to be kept private, it's always to be covered. So too, Torah has to be done privately. Kavod Torah is done when it's learned in a private area. It is not to be done in the marketplace, not to be taught in the marketplace, but rather to be kept in a more private, uh, a, a more intimate 
um, setting. And the Gemara, the Gemara reinforces this point based on the Pasuk in Micha. What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu ask from, from us? To do justice, a, a love for kindness, and to walk modestly. So Mishpat, uh, Kipshuta, that's a reference to justice. And Avas Chesed Zugamilas Chasadim, and 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 kindness. That means again Kipshuto. It means uh, doing good to others, for others. And as far as uh, being modest, so that is, the Gemara here gives examples, and that is uh, escorting uh, escorting a body to be buried, and Achnasas Kala Lechopa, and 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 escorting a a, a Kala for Chopa. Escorting meaning uh, both being there, also providing financially. And Valodvarim Kavachomer. And over here, let us make a simple Kavachomer. Umadvarim Shadakam Lasos Befarhas. The things that are typically done publicly, uh, meaning a funeral and a wedding. So Amar Torah at Snailachis, and the Torah says that we have to be modest about these activities. Dvarim Shadakam Lasos Betsina. Those things that are done in modesty, Alachas Kamavakama, for sure, have to be done in modesty. So that means to say that we need to be a modest people, both when we do things that are typically public, we need to be modest about that. And it goes without saying, but we'll say it, that even when engaged in modest activities, we need to be modest about that as well. Okay, so we have to always engage in a in a sense of modesty. And the Gemara says, and even limitator. Limitator has to be done modestly and it should not be it, it should not be done in a manner which is too public and 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 and, and, and broadcast too much. Anyone who's involved in Staka is better than all the Karbanos and Emrasot Sadaka Mishpat. Nivchar Lashem Mizavach. It's really the simple shot in the Pasuk and Mishle. And above Staka, you can put even Gimilos Chesed, Shenemar. Zirulachem Lustaka, Vikitsu Lifi Chesed. So when it comes to Staka, it is a planting, but when it comes to Chesed, it's harvesting. And as far as the Mashal is concerned, so the Gemara goes on to explain, Im Adam Zarea. Look, if you're planting, so look, it may grow into something you don't know. However, but if you're harvesting, you know you're going to eat. So over here at Staka, so that's planting. Um, the, uh, but, but, but chesed, that's harvesting. They're both good. Just, we are giving a hierarchy over here. As far as the rewards for Staka, uh, the, uh, Staka is kind of going to be a function of not how much you give, but the chesed that goes into it. All right, the sefer panim yafos, the uh, the kind words that you say, the just just your general countenance. Someone comes in, and 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 you and, you, and you're happy, and you and, and you and you share your happiness with them. You make them feel good. So that's really the that's the ikker of the uh, uh, of the staka. Shenam the pasuk says zero chen staka v'kitzru lefi chesed, meaning we're same pasuk, but now a new take on the pasuk. Meaning that obviously the staka is a planting, but in terms of the ksir, in terms of the harvesting, the schar that you get from the staka that you give, that's all going to be a function of uh, the chesed. How kind were you when you actually give the staka? As far as staka versus chesed, so in three ways chesed is, is greater than staka. Uh, number one, staka be mamono, gimelos chesed, then bein begufo, bein be mamono. So staka is money. But chesed you could do with money, but you could also do just physically. Uh, number two, 
So tzedakah, so in terms of the population of who, uh, of who you could do tzedakah with, it's only with poor people. But when it comes to chesed, you could do chesed with poor people, you could do chesed with wealthy people. And tzedakah, l'chaim. Gimilas chasadim, bein l'chaim, bein l'meisim. As far as tzedakah is concerned, so the recipient has to be alive. As far as chesed is concerned, chesed you could do for the live, and you could do uh, for the dead as well. Uh, when you bury somebody, that's a chesed. Anyone who's involved in giving staka and in doing honest judgment, so you're filling the world with chesed. So one could suggest that it's no, no problem whatsoever, meaning that it's totally within my hands and within my control uh, to give staka, to do, uh, to, to do din tamalamar, mayakar chasdech alokim. So the Gemara says that's not, it, it, it's not, it's not that obvious. You, what you need is siyat deshma. You need a certain amount of divine assistance just to be in a position to do chesed. So, yachal af yirei shemayim came. What if somebody is a yirei shemayim? So, tamalamar vayachesed Hashem yolam adolam al yirei av. If a person is a yirei shemayim, a kashbarchu is going to give him the proper siyat deshmaya in order for him to be able to accomplish that goal. Amr Rabbi Chama bar Papa kolonim sheish alavchein biadu shuhu yirei shemayim. You see somebody who's got a chain. A chain is basically, they're right, he's, he's affable. People like him. Um, people respond to him. So for such an individual, right, the, uh, the Gemara says that, that, uh, Esther had, uh, had a tremendous amount of chain. Okay, well, we, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it, it, it's, we all know it. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to put your finger on what exactly it is, but it's chain. So when you, somebody, when you see somebody with chain, you know that the person has Yerushalayim Shenemar. For those people who have fear to our Baruch Hu, so uh, that means that there is a connection between uh, Yiras Hashem and having Chain. So another another member of, of Rebbe Lazar. Pasuk says, Pia Pasuk Bechach Mavisoros Chesed Al Shona. Pasuk and Mishle we're all familiar with. Last Parak and Mishle. Now, what does that mean, Torah's Chesed? There's another option. Well, there's Torah's Chesed and there's Torah's Chesed and there's Torah's Chesed. So, Ella, Torah Lishma, Zu Torah Shachasid. When you're learning Torah Lishma, no ulterior motives, and you're just learning Torah because you have this desire to become a, to close to Kash Baruch Hu with a better understanding. So, that is Torah Chesed. And Shalolishma, however, it's the Torah that you're learning is Shalolishma, so Zu Torah Shainu Shachasid. It's Torah, but it's just simply not Torah Shachasid. Ika Damre, in a different version. So, Torah Lilam, Dazu Torah Shachasid. When? Not only you're learning Torah, but you're teaching Torah. That's Torah Shochesed. However, Shalolalamda. But if the Torah is uh, not, uh, not you're, you're not teaching the Torah. You're learning Torah, but you're not teaching it. Zui Torah Sheino Shochesed. That's another way uh, to make a differentiation, a distinction between Torah Shochesed and Torah Sheino Shochesed. Adkan, we'll stop over here. We're just quickly recap and review our daf today. We started on Mem Ches Amud Beis. So a couple of points that we went over on. Uh, on Mem Chesam and Beis. Number one, uh, this idea that you're going to go up to the Mizbech, typically you make a right-hand turn. But for Nisach HaMayim, Nisach and for, and, and, and on occasion, an Ola Sa'of, which is typically not done in the Southwest, but for, for, for reasons of traffic, it's done in the Southwest. So those are going to be occasions where you're going to be making the unusual left-hand turn. Generally speaking, you make a right-hand turn and go counterclockwise, but over here, you're going to be making a left-hand turn going to the Southwest corner once you're done with the Nisuch of either Maim Yain or having done Malika with the Ola Sa'of, then then you're going to go and turn right around and you're going to, and, and you're going to back up. Um, the, uh, the bowls, both bowls having a silver complexion 
How do both bowls have a silver complexion, even the one where you pour water in? Or the Gemara give an answer. Um, this idea that the bowls are funneling out into a hollow cavity that, that descends down. So number one, the spouts that, uh, that, that, that are going to, uh, uh, that are going to be the drain of the two bowls. So one is wider and the other one is thinner. Is that Mishnah going like Rabbi Yehud or like the Chachamim? The Gemara discussed, but the Gemara sided with the fact that it's probably going like the Chachamim. Even though the volumes are the same, nevertheless, uh, the wine is thicker and therefore needs a wider spout. Um, we went over a Brisa that goes over the incident of the episode with the Stuki. Over here, an additional detail that we didn't see in our Mishnah, and that is not only did they pelt the Stuki with, with, with a Srogim, but the, uh, but the, but the Mizbech took a hit as well. Uh, Mizbech got chipped, the Mizbech was puzzled. A temporary patch on the Mizbech is that they, uh, they, they, they filled them with salt, but it was just a temporary patch. Uh, in order for the Mizbech to be Kash Mizbech, it needs Kronos. It needs a Yesod. It needs to be square. And according to the Shita Rabbi Yos, Rabbi Lazar, it also needs a Soviv as well. Gemara and Memtes Ahmed Aleph goes through four different drushes in terms of what are these Shisim? What's this hollow cavity? Uh, that starts on the southwest corner of the Mizbech and extends downward. Who made it? How far down does it go? So according to the first couple of Brises, Kosh Baruch Hu made it all the way going back to my Sabratius. How far down does it go? Indeterminate. It just simply, it, it continues to go down. According to the Shita of Rebbe Al-Azhar, which is the Gemara quotes on the bottom of Memtasa Manal, if it's man-made, uh, it is a cavity that's man-made as part of the making of the Mizbech. Also, a cavity was made there as well, or... Right, and it wasn't it wasn't filled in, if you will, and uh, all the wine that's poured is collected actually in the space between the mizbech and the ramp, and 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 what ends up happening is once every seventy years, so you send small kohanim to go into that area in order to in order to collect it, and according to Rabbi Lazar, it needs to be burnt in the azara, much like Nosar is burnt in the azara, this too is burnt in the azara. In fact, according to Rabbi Lazar, via Zereshava, we learned the halacha that just like Nosar is burnt in the azara. So too the uh, the caked uh, the caked wine that's been collecting in the in, in the space also is going to be burnt in the azara as well. Uh, the Gemara and the Ahmed base had a discussion in terms of uh, the uh, that the uh, once you pour it down it's no, it's no longer subject to meila. Is that going like the shita of the Tanakama uh, or is it going like the shita Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Eliezer? The Gemara goes back and forth on that issue. And then once we quoted the Psukim, so. Uh, the Gemara spent the rest of today's daf darshaning. Uh, when the Mizbech drinks the wine, it has to be done b'derech hashichros. It has to, you have to, we have to animate the Mizbech as if the Mizbech is drinking and enjoying the wine. Uh, stuff up the holes a little bit so some of the wine collects on the top and it just doesn't go, just drop down. Uh, because how do you enjoy the wine? The, the, the throat. The mouth and the throat is really what's enjoying the wine. Uh, the Gemara therefore says that, uh, when, uh, when, when drinking, uh, when drinking wine. So really make sure that you enjoy it while you're drinking, especially when you're doing a mitzvah. It shows your chavivas a mitzvah. And the Gemara then goes back to the Pesukim Shira Shirim. We darshan. Uh, we darshan that when we're Ola Larego, we're described as uh, the, the the descendants of Avram Avinu, who's called the Nadiv. And a series of other drushas that, that took us to the end of the daf, mostly having to do with chesed and staka, and the comparison between uh, chesed and staka. And, and in many ways, uh, chesed goes above and beyond that of staka. Adkan.